I didn't know you could get up that high, Billy. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's, that's a wonderful song. I really enjoy it. Take your Bibles and turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 19. We're going to look at the scriptures uh, tonight and then take some time to pray. But the scriptures are going to guide us in our prayers. And let me tell you a little bit about how this uh, evening of united prayer came about. One of the deacons called me some time ago, burdened or texted. I don't remember. It was a conversation burdened about the direction that our schools were going and uh, just some things that had come up recently that uh, burdened him and it was interesting today as I was um, mingling with people one of our members pulled me aside and said I hope tonight as you pray you're planning to pray for the Vacaville school district that boy what have we been studying on Wednesday nights when the Lord unites us causes us to agree to pray about something, that's the time we should sit up and say, hey, let's pray. So we are going to pray for our local public school districts, Vacaville, Travis, uh, the Fairfield Sassoon District as well. But the reason we are uniting in prayer is because prayer is our offensive strategy for taking the battle to the enemy. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, against principalities and powers here on this earth as much as there's spiritual warfare going on and this time of prayer is, in, is intended to take the, take the battle to the enemy. We'll be doing this from time to time. Uh, we'll also be meeting probably outside of Sunday nights as well to pray from time to time as well. Pray from time to time. Let me give you some, some key points, though, that I wanted you to think about as we, as we come to this time of united prayer. First of all, we are preparing... For a battle. The battle is going on whether you're prepared or not. Understand that. But we need to be prepared. And the way that we prepare and, and out of that thought of how do we prepare for this battle came uh, the series we're working on on Sunday mornings about back to basics, about these devotional disciplines. Because if you're not in personal private prayer, if you're not meditating on God's word, if you're not in the battle as an individual, just coming on Sunday nights and praying with us is not the only way. We need more than that. God needs us to be more committed than that. But there should be nights when we as a church focus especially on prayer. Prayer for our nation, prayer for our community, prayer for our church, prayer for our families, and of course prayer for ourselves. Uh, this deacon also challenged me, and I, and I appreciate the challenge that we need to, to develop some sort of homeschool support system so that even families that don't feel equipped to homeschool their children can get their children out of public schools. And I hope you'll pray with me about that. That's quite a, that's a challenge for our church. But it's one that I, I'm convinced we need to take on. So pray with me about that. We need to be praying for our local public school districts. Our enemy is not the school board. The enemy is not the teachers' unions. The enemy is not people. The enemy is our adversary, the devil who is targeting the hearts of our children because he wants to win the next generation. So pray for our local public school districts. Um, many of you are in the Vacaville School District, but even some of you who live within the Vacaville city limits, you're part of the Travis School District. And then, of course, so where I live, it's the Fairfield, the Fairfield Sassoon School District. I want to encourage you. And this also was one of uh, uh, the ideas that this deacon brought to me. I want to encourage you to consider whether God would have you run for a board, for a, for a seat on the school board. 
we need Christians representing us in our places of government. Uh, again, that's a big challenge. But if you'd be willing to, to do that, we want to get behind you in prayer and support to help put, or if you know of a Christian who's running for school board here on the November 8th ballot, would you please let us know so we can pray for that person by name and do what we can uh, to support Christians in places of leadership. We are going to work as well, and I'm not sure exactly how, so if you have a good idea, let me know. We, we think it would be good for us as a church to have copies of the local policies that the schools are following, the school districts are following, regarding uh, sex education, regarding gender identity, regarding pronoun policies. You know the way that I, I've been to the school, board, uh, school district's website. If you can find it there, God bless you. But if you know how to get those copies of those, we want to disseminate them to other churches so we know how to pray and we know what is going on in our local school districts. One of the things that concerns us, and I, I'm referring to the deacons and to myself, is this effort to hide from parents what's going on in the schools. Now, I'm not saying that's happening in the back of the school district because I don't know, or the Travis or from Fairfield to soon, but we keep hearing in the news how schools have policies where the teachers are not to tell the parents about what's going on in the schools, and that's really bothersome. Because God has entrusted to parents the education of the children. So we want to get copies of the policies for our local school districts so that we can disseminate them. And this should, this should be easily accessible public information, what's going on in the public schools. Why? Because you and I pay for the public schools. You say, well, I don't have any kids in public schools. Well, if you're, if you're living in the area, you're paying taxes. You say, well, I rent. Well, guess what? Your landlord is paying your property taxes. <laughs> Trust me, they're getting your money. We ought to know what they're doing in our in our schools. Not in an act. By the way, be very help me under. No, let me help you understand. We are not taking an adversarial approach. We want to help. We want to direct them. We're part of the voting public. We want to help direct them. So don't don't see them as the adversary again. The adversary is the devil, and that's what we're doing tonight: is to pray against him, to take the, the battle to him. These are just some ideas of how we can get information in the hands of our, our own hands and in the hands of other Christians in the area so that we can be united in our approach to the school board, united in the approach to our public schools and the teachers. Some of you are probably aware that some teachers have lost their jobs because they stood for righteousness. And they said, we are not going to go along with whatever the policy was because it's ungodly. And as a result, they've been told, you're no longer welcome to teach here. And that's a good reminder to all of us that we need to be prepared to give up our jobs to please the Lord if necessary. Now, I, I'm not wishing that on anybody. That's not. But we need to decide whether it's more important to serve God or to serve men. The Bible tells us this in Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you. And say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets that were before you. And if it comes to that place where you feel, I've got to take a stand here at work against evil, and it's probably going to cost me my job or cost me my position within the company, I would like to know as your pastor, so that I can pray for you by name, so that we can stand with you. In one case, I'm thinking of Tanner Cross. He was a, he was a, a teacher in the Loudoun County School District in uh, Virginia. 
He had much of his church show up at a school board meeting to stand in support with him, as they should have. Amen. Because he said, I cannot call a young man sheep. I cannot call a young woman he and have a clear conscience. And I'm so grateful that his church said, yes, we can stand with him in that. So uh, if you feel like your work has come to that and, and you're being pressured to do what is evil, um, please let me know so we can pray for you, so we can pray with you, and if necessary, stand with you. Uh, but be prepared. Um, you know, we talk about being prepared for persecution. And I, that's really, I, I believe, that we need to be, have a clearer view of what we are doing here. And what we are doing is we're standing for righteousness first. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You're in first, uh, 2 Kings chapter 19. If I said 1 Kings, please excuse me. You should be in 2 Kings chapter 19. And just to catch you up, 2 Kings 19, we have the story of King Hezekiah. The Assyrians are coming down out of the north to attack his little kingdom, the kingdom of Judah. They've already totally destroyed Israel, and the, the uh, people that were left of Israel have been carried off into captivity, and they've brought other people in non-Israelites in to live in the land that used to be uh, Israel. And now they are coming right up to the walls of Jerusalem. And they've done what they can to prepare. King Hezekiah uh, had his men dig a tunnel so that water could be brought from outside the city into the city. But I want you to notice what happens in verse 19, 2 Kings, in verse 14, excuse me, 2 Kings 19, verse 14 Hezekiah received the letter of the hand of the messengers and read it. This is a letter that the king of Assyria sent him, basically saying, you should just surrender. What other gods protected their land from me? Your God's not going to protect you either. You should just surrender. So Hezekiah read this letter, and it says in verse 14, Hezekiah went up into the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord God of Israel, which dwelleth between the cherubims, thou art the God, even thou alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth, thou hast made heaven and earth. I want you to notice that when he started this prayer, he prayed to God and worshiped God. And so we're going to start our time of prayer tonight in a minute by asking one of the men to come and pray to thank God for what he's doing and to praise God for who he is. God is still God, even when our enemies seem to be ascended. God is still God, even when it seems as if his people uh, are, are losing. God is still God, even when we are persecuted. And it's a good, good reminder to us. So that's what he prays, verse uh, 15, verse 16. Lord, bow down thine ear and hear. Open, Lord, thine eyes and see. And hear the words of Sennacherib. That's the king of Assyria. Hear the words of Sennacherib which hath sent him to reproach the living God. Of a truth, Lord, the kings of Assyria have destroyed the nations and their lands and have cast their gods into the fire, for they were no gods. But the work of men's hands, wood and stone, therefore have they destroyed them. See, what is, what is God, what is God, what is Hezekiah appealing to? He's appealing to God's honor. He's saying, God, Sennacherib's threatening us, saying, your God can't protect you. Because the gods of the other lands didn't protect them. And 
Sennacherib's right. There's other gods who were no gods. So they weren't able to protect. But we know that you are God alone. Prayer is our method as a church. We talked about this Wednesday night. It's our method of accomplishing God's will. So we want to pray tonight according to God's will. I'm going to suggest some things we're going to pray for. The men that I've asked to pray have, have these suggestions in, in front of them. But we're not just praying to make our lives easier. That's not the goal of our prayer. The goal of our prayer isn't just prove that we're right. The goal of our prayer isn't to win. The goal of our prayer is to exalt the God in heaven. A God of righteousness, a God of truth. Um, we are now in verse, uh, let's see, 19. Now, therefore. So he's taken, what, four verses now just to praise God and to remind God that we are trusting you. And now in verse 19, he presents his petition. He says, Now, therefore, O Lord our God, I beseech thee, save us, save thou us out of his hand that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord, God, even thou only. So he states clearly in this verse two things. Number one, save us from our enemies. Again, our enemy is not other people. The enemy is the principalities and powers of darkness that fight against us. And yes, they fight for people's hearts and souls and minds. And the answer is for us to take the battle to the enemy through prayer. And then take the battle to the enemy through our conversations with people. But tonight we're focused on prayer. And then he states again, what is his purpose at the end of verse 19? This is 2 Kings 19, 19, the end of the verse. That all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord God, even thou only. Ultimately, as we pray tonight, our focus, our goal, the end point is, to, that God would be glorified in the United States. That God would be glorified in Vacaville and Fairfield and Sassoon. That God would be glorified on Travis Air Force Base. So keep that in mind as we pray. Prayer is the means by which we accomplish God's will. And just as this prayer of Hezekiah focuses on God, we want to focus on God tonight. We want to be guided by the scriptures so what we're going to do is we're going to read a passage. I'm going to ask one of the men to come and lead us in prayer. He's going to pray from the pulpit so that you can hear him and, and agree with him in prayer. And then we're going to take three, four, five minutes of silence to allow you to pray. Some of you may want to pray with your families. I encourage you fathers to do that. Some of you want to pray by yourself. That's fine. I'm not going to force anyone to pray, but we're just going to be mostly silent. Those of you fathers obviously leading your families will be speaking in, in hushed tones, but we'll take four or five minutes there where you'll have an opportunity to praise individuals or his families, and then we'll go on to the next section.